check, check. Mic check. everybody welcome to the show the fly racing moto 60 show very exciting yes very exciting thanks everybody don't know if you listened to this last year at all we did it for the outdoors and uh, we're going to do it through supercross so 17 shows thursday noon pacific we take your calls we give away some stuff and we uh we have a grand old time doing it and thanks to you guys for listening to fly racing moto 60 show presented by nfab uh, Fly Racing designs its racewear to complement a rider's natural movements on the motorcycle. No unnecessary distractions, just straightforward, no-nonsense function, fit, and style. Uh, Fly Racing products are distributed exclusively in the United States by Western Power Sports. And uh, thanks, everybody, for, uh, for listening. We really appreciate it. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me, uh, reunited here in the studio, is uh, he's doing this show. He's not doing the other one. He, he just likes the noon hour stuff. He's... Uh, you know, he's, the, the other show runs late. I'm the, a day guy. The, the Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? Hello. Are you, you realize you're playing the intro music right now? Nope. <laughs> I, was, I thought that Welcome was back. I thought that was. Welcome back. Thing. I had to turn it down. I didn't know what you were All doing. Right, That's yeah. the outro, I think. That is the outro. Oh, we're off to a good start here. Uh, NFAB is industry leader in uh, making quality Nerf bars, pre-runners, and other off-road accessories. They design and manufacture the strongest, most durable, and best-looking Nerf bars available in the industry today. NFAB's committed to building the best stuff since the late 80s. Uh, so thank the, thanks to them. And they're the official sponsor. They're the official sponsor of JGR Yamaha. Um, so uh, what we're going to do here, this show, you may have heard this other show, about this other show called Pulp MX Show. Um, we have that. And, uh, but what we're trying to do with this one is we are going to try to take a look at uh, the different, um, different aspect of the sport. We want to uh, not have any athletes. No riders tits on this show. Right. Just analysts, industry insiders, commentators, ex-riders, something like that. We, we want to do something like that. It's going to be a little different look at, at the upcoming race each and every weekend. So, of course, Anaheim 1 is coming up and uh, very, very exciting. We're going to have Jason Thomas on here a little bit to, um, to talk about what he thinks, what he thinks as, a, as an ex-racer going forward. We're going to give away an Andrew Short replica, Fly Racing Andrew Short replica helmet. It's an F2 carbon helmet. It's the exact helmet that Andrew Short will wear next week. So, uh, what, and what you got to do to win that is uh, just simply ask a good question. Just ask a good question. Uh, random caller will get that. 702-586-7857. Give me a call. Tell me what you think about Anaheim 1, who you think is going to win, who you think is going to lose, who you think is going to be good, who you think is going to be weak. Uh, 250 Supercross kicking off this weekend. Dean Wilson, Zach Osborne, uh, Cole Seeley seem to be the, the consensus top three in that class, and maybe you can mix them around any way you want. Tits, you, uh, are you still on the Ryan Dungey bandwagon? I am, and I actually I listened, believe it or not, to most of the podcasts that you've done. The 450 Supercross? The 450 oh, Supercross. Wow. wow. And okay. I was uh, not too pumped. <laughs> On the way, most of you not happy with, with the Dungey with, talk. With the way you guys were talking about him, uh, at least as far as what you think is right. going to happen, which everyone has their opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Their opinion. No one said okay. we were experts, right? No, no. But I was, I was actually kind of surprised. I said, Barsha, I do believe is on his days he'll be faster, but throughout the long season, I think Dungey will have him covered. Just like uh, this, just the consistency. Yes. Yeah. Of uh, yes. of what you think is going to happen. It wouldn't surprise you one bit if Barsha has more wins, though. Oh, bless you. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Barsha. Yeah. So you're on that bandwagon. I, I, but I at the end of the year, wins. But at the end of the year, I think Dungey's gonna have fewer bad races. And and Dungey will be second in the points. Uh. Yeah. That's what I think. Okay. So you're not. You're still. But you're 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 agree with the Villa Poto talk. Oh, like yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, okay. He, it's very right. hard. At I don't this know. Point I don't know how to, far you're gonna go with this nah, with this no, stuff. It's very hard at this point to to say that RV is not the heavy favorite. Right. Right. Exactly. All right. We're gonna get Jason Thomas on here. Western Power Sports. Fly Racing Zone, Jason Thomas, 
586-7857. Give us a call. Tell us what you think. You have a chance to win a, a Fly Racing helmet on the uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. These are all going to be archived as well, but you'll have to get a new subscription on iTunes to the uh, NFAB uh, Moto, uh, sorry, the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. You'll have to get a new uh, marking on there. It's also on Stitcher. It's on iTunes. So it's all the regular spots that you get the other stuff we do, but you have to make sure you find it that way. And it'll be archived on the site for and with the download link as well. So having that, going ahead, um, uh Try to win that helmet today, and um, each and every week we're going to give away some special prizes. So thanks to Fly Racing for uh, for being uh, being cool and coming on board, as well as NFAB, uh, N-Fab.com, FlyRacing.com. So uh, consensus among uh, everybody I we talk to and everybody I talk to, we're tired of overlooking Ryan Villapoto. He is going to uh, be the guy, and uh, we, we're looking forward to uh, seeing if Villapoto can win his fourth title in a row. I'm on the Barsha bandwagon. I think Barsha can uh, can do it. I think Barsha is going to be RV's toughest guy this year. I think Barsha will win the second most races. I think he will find some consistency. He will end up second in the points. Dungey will be strong as usual and consistent. But let's not forget, Davey Millsaps, who's not racing Supercross this year, beat Ryan Dungey last year in the points. A lot of people think, think Dungey got, Dunge got a second. But uh, Millsaps actually beat Ryan Dungey. So... For Tits to sit back and say that Dunge can get second, well, he's not wrong, but he's also not right, being as how. What place did Ryan Dungey get in the points last year, Tits? Uh, last two years, he actually came in third place. Very good. Yeah. Most Dungey fans don't realize that. Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 it was Broken it was collarbone, close. broken collarbone in 2011. Right. Yeah. But yes, I was, uh, or I was 2012, right. yeah, I should Millsaps say. beat him straight up. Right. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. Uh, let's welcome to the show a guy who knows a little more about racing Anaheim than Tits or me. Uh, Fly Racing's Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? What's happening? Now, some people can listen to the Racer X uh, preview podcast and realize that uh, I'm on Barsha bandwagon. You're not. I mean, you're on the. You're just not as riding it as heavily as me. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm not on the bandwagon. I just you think that Barsha will be Dungey, and I think Dungey will be Barsha. I definitely have Barsha winning races and being top three in points, though. That's for sure. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, you're, you're on that wagon anyways. Yeah. Um, hey, so Anaheim won. Now, look, you certainly weren't on the level of a Ryan Dungy, Justin Barsha, Ryan, uh, Ryan Villapoto. I, I, sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. I'm sorry to tell you that. But, look, at the same time, you were on a very high level, a main event guy, top privateer uh, year in and year out. And so – Talk to us a little bit about coming into Anaheim, either uh, uh, in your old level where you wanted to be a top privateer, or if you can, talk about these guys. I know it's it's a super um, cliche to say you, can, you can't win the championship at the first race, but you can lose it. We all hear that. But it's true. Well, I felt like I could lose it every year at Anaheim, and it typically worked out. Typically, um, right at the first practice, you were looking tough, too, too. <laughs> I was I was just handing the crown over right, right away. Right, right. Um, no, I think for me and for guys, you know, what you would always call triples and guys that aren't really concerned with winning a title, it's just trying to get through the first round uh, and get some points and hopefully it just goes smoothly. Um, you know, it's sad to say, but most of the teams at that level aren't as prepared as, you know, a factory team. So there's a lot of scrambling going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I was a part of a lot of teams that we didn't have even have graphics as of Thursday. You know, Friday was just trying to get the bike built and running and, and to look decent for the race. There's just so much uh, turnover and last-minute graphic changes and last-minute bike changes and all this stuff that most people don't see go on because when the curtain goes up on Saturday, everything's done. But I can promise you for a lot of teams, it's, it's full panic mode as of, you know, Thursday before the race. So <laughs> Don't you uh, – I, I found as a mechanic, you know, you test, 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 test all offseason. You find your best suspension settings and your, the, the cams and the pistons and everything and the, and the clearances you want to run and the pipe you want to run. You get to Anaheim, and depending on whether the racer does good or bad, you could be right back testing all that shit again on Tuesday. Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to mimic Anaheim and it's tough to mimic race conditions. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I I do think you find that quite a bit. Um, I think you'll the guys that are lucky enough to even go out on the track today, they'll be one hundred percent certain of how 
as of right now, how they're going to run their bike on Saturday. But mm-hmm. after today, right. they will make changes. Guaranteed yeah. they'll make changes after today. And that bike, maybe not drastically different, but it won't be what they thought it will be going into Saturday night. So um, Anaheim's just different. You know, the temperature changes, we, you know, we don't test at night, for one. So that's always a change. Um, the dirt's pretty unique at Anaheim. There's different, uh, you know, the years of mud that have gone on there, they've, there's always rocks and gravel that's brought into it. So there's all these variables that make the race so much different. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's where, that's where having a great team comes in and they have settings, they have ideas of where to go and given situations and you rely on those guys in, in times like that. 702-586-7857. Got a few, few lines open. Call in on the fly racing moto 60 show presented by Infab, and, uh, and, uh, tell us what you think. Yeah, it's, um, and it's also like you try to maintain race pace, but you can't. You can't at practice. Well, yeah, you you know how it is. I'm sure. Like, think about when you were working for Nick Way at Triple X. Like, he would come in, complain about something. You would, you know, and you guys would kind of look at each other like, huh? Well, I don't know what to do. You know, like we don't have many right. resources. We don't have a lot of options. Yeah. So let's just start throwing stuff at it and see if it works. Yeah, it's like A or, uh, a or B, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the biggest difference for say a guy like Phil Potos. He has you know, an ECU technician, a suspension guy, a chassis guy, an engine guy, all these guys that can work together and really, really make a huge change, a positive change, and that can be the difference between winning and losing. I mean, you know, there's so much that goes on on the track as far as how you're going to do, but behind-the-scenes stuff, I think anybody at the top level will tell you that, that, you know, it really comes down to those guys sometimes. The, um, if you're, and I, I know every these all these guys are trying hard every time they hit the track. There's no doubt, and they're, they're going balls out. But do you think there's a little bit of you know in the main event? Do you think there's a little bit of guys saying, "Ah, let's just get through this." Like, yeah, I can push it to catch this dude in front of me, but you know, let's just take a X, a third, fourth, fifth at Anaheim one and move forward. I really think it's a individual um, kind of position for each guy. I, I really don't think that a guy like Bill Poto um, would look at it that way. I think okay. anything other, you know, I think if he had to take a second or a third because of a crash or something, he would, but right, right. all things being equal and if he's not on the ground, I think, you know, not winning the first round is, is going to be a letdown. You know, it's not the end of the world as far as championship wise, but it's right. still not what he came there for. So, um I think that it just it depends. If you look at each guy in their individual situation, then, yes, it's definitely uh, the case for some of them. But, you know, a guy like Chad, who didn't have the greatest of years last year, I, I feel like if he could, you know, if they just said, hey, on Thursday we'll guarantee you a podium, will you take that? I think absolutely he would take that, you know. Uh, so you just have to look at it case by case. And, um, you know, sure, there are going to be some guys like that. Uh, a guy like Ken Roxon, who – may or may not have been hurt, which we all kind of know that it, there was some level of injury there. Um, do we know if he's going to yeah. line up? Do we, do we know? If he's yeah, he's, he's riding press day today. Okay. So um, I think for him, he may be one of those guys that would be, yeah, if I could get a fourth or a fifth and get out of here and move forward, that would be great. So it's really hard to just blanket that assessment on everyone because everybody's, everybody's you know, situation is different. Hmm, interesting. And also, too, uh, another um, little secret is that uh, the tracks, at least for Anaheim 1, on the easy side. Yeah, it's been that way sometimes. Um, I didn't think it looked too bad on the on the track map, but to be honest with you, when you look at a track map, however they want to build the track, they can make a track map, take a track map and make it, make it very difficult or very easy. It all depends on the angles of the jumps and how steep they make the whoops. So mm-hmm. until until we get out there on Saturday afternoon and, and really look at, even, even after today, the, the guys will ride it and give input and they'll make changes. So until we get out there for track walk and see what they, the finished product is, uh, we really won't know. But you're with me that they make it a little easier at the opening round. Yeah, they have. Yeah. But I mean, if you look back and you know, in overall history, like A one used to be incredibly tough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen some yeah. of the biggest whoops in history at Anaheim one. So no, no, I mean, the last three, four, five years. Yeah, I think yeah. they've they've done it. Obviously, they want to keep their guys healthy. Um, but man, honestly, the bikes are so good now, and you can jump anything. So it's pretty tough for them to make the track super safe because if they make it really safe, guys will turn triples into quads and start doing stuff to just you know basically make it dangerous again. Couple guys I know, I can think of in my head: uh, Josh Grant and Ezra Lusk, who crashed bad at the first round. Yogi did it in practice on uh, on Saturday, and Josh, I think, did it press day two years ago, or uh, or maybe last year. 
Yeah, there have been a few. Chris Gossler real, yeah, got Gossler. hurt real bad at press day one year. Um, I remember Nick Way crashed really bad at press day one year. Uh, so it happens. I mean, you know, there's a lot of hype and a lot of excitement, and these guys have been waiting for, you know, the guys that didn't ride Monster Cup have really been waiting for four or five months now to get out there. So a lot of built-up anticipation and energy that, you know, the, the first time these guys are going to get out there is today, and uh, they want to show everybody something. I mean, you know, there's no points today, but the the mind games start on Thursday. You know, that's that's the, the cool part of it is, you know, if somebody's all over you on press day today, that – that little bit of confidence is gained, right? The gained and lost today. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty fun to watch, and you see all the new gear and bike bike schemes and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's uh, well, mind games for everybody but Ryan Villapoto, right? Yeah, he yeah. seems pretty impervious to it. Um, I do think that uh, that maybe Chad was getting to him a little bit in 2012. What? Um, really? Yeah, I think a, I think he was just bothering because Chad was proving that he could go with speed, which doesn't really happen too often. Um, but I, I think he's he's pretty mentally strong. I don't think he really lets that stuff get to him too much. The, the interesting thing for me will be this year is if James comes in healthy and strong like people are predicting mm-hmm. and he has that old James Stewart form, will that, you know, will that just insane speed that he can show, will that bother him? Because nobody's ever really done that to him. Nobody's ever been able to just go out there and walk away and yeah. be like, yeah, I'm just better than you, you know. So. But I – I know, I know Alden used to work with James, you know, as you know, um, and uh, I know part of that strategy is uh, just letting James take care of himself uh, and don't worry about anything else, i.e. crashes. Well, yeah, and you, you have to think that's an advantage for Bill Poto is having James's former trainer. So he knows yeah, yeah. all of James's buttons. He knows James's weaknesses and strengths and his approach and everything about James's program, Alden, I guarantee you, is – drilled that into into Ryan's head so there's no there's no surprises basically you know if James has a great weekend Alden will just kind of say hey don't worry about it he's gonna you know like you said he's gonna take himself out of it so we'll just bide our time and and win when we can and if he has a great weekend hey you know great job we'll move on to the next one we're listening to the fly racing moto 60 show presented by nfab and uh, JT we're gonna give away an f2 carbon Andrew short replica helmet today yeah so there were uh basically debuting that helmet this weekend um so it's you know been a long time coming. Those their replicas have been out for three years now. I want to say, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Trey's would have come out this weekend as well. But we're gonna we're gonna hold off for him to come back so he can be the one to debut it. But uh, Andrew will have his this weekend, and we're gonna give one away. Um, I wish I could show you guys pictures of it, but we haven't even released it yet. So just take my word for it. They're awesome, uh, and we'll we'll ship that out next week. You know they're going basically they're gonna be available on Monday, so we'll get that out next week. Don't you feel like? Uh... Um, you wish the guys would wear the carbon their, their replicas more often. They seem to like the all flat black ones, and you're like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I think that's that's been a product of the, their helmets being out for so long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when they first came out, they wore them all the time, but I just think they got stale, which you know is unfortunate. But it, with replicas, they they tend to go that way. You know, like the yeah. Bradshaw one was a Bradshaw helmet for how long? You know. Was, so. It, um, you're not talking shit on the Bradshaw replica helmet, are you? No, I love that helmet. Yeah. I'm just saying they their life cycles are are typically right. really long, so they get a little bored with them. But uh, right. yeah, it's it's exciting for us to have those new helmets, and it's unfortunate Trey's not out there because uh, we're you know I'd love to show that one this weekend, but his time's coming, so it'll give us uh, another weekend to do it. Yeah, it was tough to talk about Trey Kennard in the in the preview podcast because he's out for four or five weeks, um, and when he comes back, man, it's I mean I I'm a believer that the level and it's so it's again a cliche but i believe the level raises every weekend the guys are faster at round 12 than they are at round one. Oh, without a doubt right. um I, that's, it's that's it's a, a myth, it's a ball that know. starts rolling downhill and uh the momentum picks up the guys get just more and more familiar with their bikes and and settings improve they test more uh feedback all that stuff new parts become available um you know say if, if it was a weekend now and they aren't happy with something. It takes time. You, you've been through the testing process. It takes time to get new products, new parts made. So, something they're running now, if they want to change, you know, they could have improve, an improved bike by the time a guy like Trey gets back on the track. So, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Right. I mean, there's really nothing you can do about it, but it definitely makes the job harder when you have to come in mid mid season. Which I, I know we've talked about the Nicoletti thing till we're blue in the face, but <laughs> that's one of the things I look at as. Right. You know, he's coming in with no momentum where everybody else is ready to roll. You know, when they get out there, it's just another weekend. Um, so. Another a little piece of uh, breaking news. Uh, 
Ben LeMay crashed bad, um, uh, I don't know where, out practicing. Broke his face, broke his wrist, broke his nose, broke his face some more. Um, yeah. Sound like an ugly crash. It looks like Kyle Chisholm is going to step in there. So I know Chisholm was talking to Star <laughs> Racing. Um, so, you know, the number 11 is back on the track after, uh, you know, struggling to find a ride. And there's a guy that could do something. I, I think I'm higher on Chisholm's chances than you, JT. But, uh, um, yeah, he's he's some somebody that could, you know, put it in the 9, 10, 11, 12 spot, somewhere around there. Yeah, Chisholm's a great rider. I just am worried about him being off for so long. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's he's going to be filling in for LeMay. And uh, that, that Rock River team's a fly racing team. So, obviously, um, you know, watching that very closely and i know we're trying to deal with chisholm and get him dialed in as far as on the fly side because um you know it's, it all just happened this week so former a little fly, bit of a former, scramble but former fly, um, former fly rider by the way what's that former fly rider kyle chisholm oh absolutely yeah, yeah. he was uh when he was on lnm with james yeah. stewart he was uh one of our marquee guys so um yeah it's, it's you know it's exciting to have kyle in the Rock River truck, um, obviously it's a real bummer for LeMay to go out. You know, we were yeah. uh, all really excited about his program and, and their team going into the season, but, you know, injuries that unfortunately happen in the sport. So he'll come back. I mean, it's nothing, uh, you know, career-threatening. It's just, you know, kind of a bummer right before let's, the uh, season starts. Let's get to some calls. And, uh, again, JT, we're just going to pick a random caller. So if there's somebody that catches your eye, uh, let me know. And uh, okay. we'll give him that Andrew Short replica F2 carbon helmet. All right, first up, uh, Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How are y'all? Thanks for uh, thanks for calling. Good, man. Yeah, man, thanks for taking my call. I wanted to ask you guys about Stewart's Garnet deal with uh, Team 7. Yeah, I saw that. Well, Nike Nike's done. They've, they, we've known that for a while. Ryan Dungey switched to Fox, and Nike's just pulled out of the motocross boot market. Maybe, I guess their sales weren't any good. Hey, JT? Very, <laughs> I would say yes. They, that was an understatement. Right. But what's up, Kyle? What do you, what do you want to well, know? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear about Nike pulling out like that. I mean, all their invested funds, you'd think that they would at least offer a, an entry to mid-level boot in the industry, wouldn't you say? Uh, it, well, was, it was weird, but, yeah, it's Nike, man. I guess, yeah, JT, what do you, what do you think? Well, it was, it was a total image move. They, they never planned on selling boots. So it was never in their business model for this project at all. Um, it was basically just to have a Nike-branded product in the limelight. Um, I, I guess I their production. On that What's that? I remember you shedding some light on that before about their non-interest in the, in the actual retail market, but it is surprising. Yeah. Supposedly you. their, their production costs were insanely high on their boot. So there was really never a way to market it. Uh, they just didn't feel like it was ever going to be a successful, uh, you know, product they could sell. So they didn't even approach it. They just, you know, they have enough products out there that are Nike branded that cross over to motocross. So I think, that was kind of their idea the whole time. And, you know, with projects like that, if there's never a way to make money doing it, uh, you know, some a bean counter will come in and say, yeah, yeah, we're just just cut that program. It's never going to make any money. So I'm sure that's what happened. Were there any, JT, were there any good boots? Like, I don't, I mean, obviously I talked to Stu about them, and I held them in my hand, and he's like, no, nah, dude, they're good. But were they good? Do we even know? I don't know. I never really got too much feedback. Um, I heard the first few versions weren't so great, mm-hmm. um, but that's I think that's pretty typical with any boot. Uh, I know we go through that process all the time, so uh, I'm sure by the end they were happy with them. You know, right. with a company like Nike, you have endless resources, and, and when you're not going to sell a, produ- a boot for production, you can basically build anything you want. So I'm sure, you know, after a few evolutions of it, they were they were pretty happy with it. All right, Kyle. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate hey, it. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Tyson. Tyson, what's up, man? Thanks for calling the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. No problem, boys. What's going on? Just uh, Anaheim 1, dude. It's exciting. Coming up. Yeah, right around the corner. So you guys are talking about Villapoto and how in the past he just hasn't got as much credit for um, his win going into it and not, not as much a favorite. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting around thinking about like the past champions like McGrath and Carmichael. So you look at McGrath. And his legacy is, you know, when he came in, he kind of changed the way that they rode. Um, sort of that BMX, very fluid, you know, nice style. And he kind of changed the sport that way. Then mm-hmm. Carmichael comes in. And Carmichael is more about training, regimen, kind of balls out um, yep. mentality. So three or four years down the road, what are we going to say about Villapoto 
what did he do to change our sport or the sport, not our sport? No, but what did he do to change the, the sport? Um, is a champ, is a past champion like Carmichael and McGrath have? It's your sport, Tyson. It's your sport, and we just ruining okay. it. and we just ruining it. Um, um, what do you think, JT? I mean, you're. JT, you've been on the bandwagon that because of bike technology and advancements in bikes and advancements in training, that RV right now is faster than Carmichael ever was. And it's not, I mean, it's always a bench, great bench wrenching question, but uh, what do you think RVs remember for? Uh, I just think he's, he's continued to raise that level. Um, I think really since Alden Baker came onto the scene, um, he's been, he's been the one responsible for this training revolution. I don't think it's really, you know, people point to Ricky Carmichael, but it was, it was Alden that was, that was driving that train from, you know, summer of 2000 until now, uh, you look at basically, uh, every champion, you know, Ricky to James to even, even Dungey was a part of that program at James's house to, you know, to Villapoto, uh, Alden's had his, his hand in every every guy. So um, I just when I think of Bill Poto, I just think of him continuing that dominance that uh, you know Alden kind of brought to the sport. And and I just think it got so much more scientific and so much more detailed and uh, turned into more of like uh, the way guys approach cycling or stuff like that. As far as um, really really getting into details as far as um, the exact science of how your body responds to training and and being as being prepared and ready for the season at a level that we've never really seen before. What do you think, Tyson? There you go. Thanks, man. Awesome. Yep, Thank, you. Thank you. Um, Dale's been on hold for a while. Dale, what's up? Hey, how you, how you guys doing? Good. Thanks for calling yeah. the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Yeah, I, I think that James Stewart is going to be more of a legitimate title contender for Villapoto than you guys are giving him credit for. Okay. You know, okay. He hasn't. I mean, when's the last? You know, he did pretty much a full season last year. He had more gate drops in thirteen than, than probably he's had since what oh seven. You know, seven. Uh, he he won the title season. in oh nine. Yeah, he won the title in oh nine in twenty ten. Yeah, but he didn't do outdoors. Oh, you're just talking total gate drops. Yeah, I think what's been hurting him is he's only riding part time. He's not getting all those outdoor uh, gate drops, so he's coming in behind the eight ball every fall. You know, those guys are, are just pressure because they're doing more racing. They're racing all year round. He's racing a part-time schedule, and I just think he's going to come in um, a, a lot better prepared this year. Plus, he doesn't have the, the knee injury that he had last year. And not only does that affect your racing, but it affects you through the week. If you've got a knee injury, you're not you probably can't bicycle or, or probably ride much either. So I think you're going to see a completely different James Stewart this year. Well, um, as we said in that preview show, JT, if Stewart won, well, if Stewart won, I'd be very, very surprised. Nobody in the history of Supercross, 40 years now, has gone longer than two years without winning a title. So I'd be very surprised. And it's been four now for James. No, Stu- Chad went four. Chad went four. Oh, oh four to oh eight. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. No one's gone longer than four years. Um, I'd be surprised if James won the title. I would be. But if he got second, third in the points, yeah, with, uh, say, five race wins, I mean, uh, I think that would be – I wouldn't be surprised. I don't – it's just um, – Dale. Dale, it's tough to see – he's just – it's been so long since he's put in 17 consistent races. I mean, let's let's think back. Like, when, when was the last there time – There you go. When was the last time he finished a whole season? Uh, 20 – 2010? No? No, he didn't. No, 2010 he was out. 09. So 09. So the last yeah. year he finished 17 races was the year he won the title in 09. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you hit the years on that stupid Yamaha, though. Well, yeah. he, he, I mean, you can't make excuses. You know, it is what it is. He he didn't finish on a Suzuki either, you know, so on in uh, the outdoors of 12 or 11, excuse me. <clears throat> um, you, it's, I think Steve hit the nail on the head. It's uh, you know, I really expected the same thing out of James last year, and I feel like he was really prepared. And then, you know, the knee thing happened. So, I, I I'm not questioning James's ability. I just think it comes down to the same old story for James: is can he hold it together for five months straight without any, you know, throwing it away too many times? Uh, he, even in the titles he's won, he still had those nights where 
he just crashes or DNS or something goes awry. The difference was is he was winning so many races before that he could make up for it. Um, I just don't know that that's possible anymore with how strong Bill Poto is and the field being so deep. Thank you, David Villeman. Um I, I just don't think that's possible anymore. So if he comes out and is consistent like we've never seen before, then absolutely he has a shot. It's just Maybe. will he ever be able to do that? It would be quite a story if he won. Thanks, Dale. Yeah. I'm picking him for the win. All right. Well, it's not like you're not crazy for picking him for the win. No, we'll put Dale yeah. down for it. Yeah, yeah, we'll put Dale. Dale, not Doug. Dale, yeah, Dale. That's oh. what I said. Uh, Steve, what's up? Nice name. Thanks for calling the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, um, to go with what you guys were talking about earlier in the show about guys just, okay, accepting third, second, or third and not fighting for the win, can't they, I know, you, Mathis, you've said a bunch of stuff about this, Is can't they change the point structure to make it a, a, a bigger point advantage if you win the race so these guys actually fight for the win it's as a fan it's like hearing you guys say that it's like oh okay once they're this the places are set it's it's like it's like a processional out there i mean there's got to be more incentive for instead of just thinking about the championship for actual race win maybe give them five extra points for a win or so you see people fighting so i don't Uh, know it's just my opinion I'm with you. I'm with you, Steve. I've said it a few times, no doubt. I wish they would change yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah, but I think, uh, I think I mean, guys even... do fight for the win, though. I Some think, guys I don't. Think maybe I mean, like I fifth don't... or sixth. I think if you're talking about fifth or sixth place, seventh place, that then you see guys kind of be a little bit complacent. But I rarely see a guy that has a chance to race for the actual win, uh, basically give it away or or not fight for it. I think those I mean, guys Dave, win extremely bad. Davey and Trey last year was awesome. I mean, those guys were fighting. Those guys were just either hungry for the win. We, I just, I go to, you know, who, who, five give me an example of a time when you haven't seen that happen. Like a guy where you're like, man, he just gave that away. Uh, well, I wouldn't say gave it away, but maybe Dungey, like, you know, when he's in Minneapolis, or, uh, yeah, Minneapolis, you could just see he was fighting extra for that, just for the hometown, you know, maybe like that, something like that. Well, that's what I'm know. asking you. Give me an example of when I, I that don't, didn't happen. I can't really give you an example. I'll give you an example of it. Kind of it ha- that happening, that right. was in Minneapolis. I, not right. saying necessarily giving a, a race away, but maybe just giving that little bit extra going, oh, you know what, second's okay. I'll get, you know, 22 points instead of, you know, 25. Well, I, I mean, it could depend on um, if it's late in the season and, and you have a nice points lead or, you know, you're like, okay, I can let that guy win tonight or whatever. But I think, bottom line, I think Supercross is really, really hard. So sometimes it's just about trying to trying to put in twenty consistent laps. Well, I think yeah. Villapoto doesn't make it. Give him the chance. Like you can fight as hard as you want, but if the guy's just a lot better than you, it doesn't matter. I agree. Matter how hard you're yeah. fighting. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. So, okay. Thank I think you. It, thank you. It's a situation, and I learned this from years of being around Chad Reed and title contention. Is the nights you have it and the nights you are capable of winning, you have to go. You have to give everything you possibly have. But they're just going to be over, you know, 17 weeks and five months of racing. They're going to be nights where you just don't feel great. And those are the nights you have to suck it up and try to get a second or a third or a fourth or whatever you're capable of. But, you know, sometimes I, I think what he was uh, talking about is guys, you know, don't seem like they're willing to put it all on the line. And it's just tough to have your A game every single Saturday night for five months straight. It's really, really difficult to pull that off. Uh, as you well know, Steve, there are crashes that go on during the week. There's all kinds of things that, that never get out because our sport's so secretive uh, that you'd never know guys have wrist injuries and all kinds of stuff. Like Carmichael had a wrist injury, you know, one whole season that he would bring his laser and all kinds of stuff to the race, and no one ever knew about it, you know. So um, I, I just think that plays in. Sometimes guys are hurt and don't want to tell anyone. So there's just a lot that goes on behind the scenes that affects stuff like that. Why didn't you go for the win more often? Uh, I don't really care for hospitals too much, so I'm just trying to do everything I could to avoid them. All right, uh, we got a lot of Steves. Tits, are you sure you're getting these names right? I wanted to make sure there's, that they, there's actually three separate Steves. Steves everywhere, and then, yeah. and then I'm Steve. And then you're Steve. Right. All right, let's get to Steve. Steve, what's up, man? Thanks for calling the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Hey, what's up? What up, man? What's uh, What's on your mind? I had a question about um, Roxon and Tomac. Um, obviously, like you know, the Ryans are still really relevant in the sport, and they'll have a few more good years and stuff like that. But do you think that? Um, and it, it kind of remains to be seen because we've only seen like a couple races from both of them on the big bikes. But how would you compare the two? Like, 
Ryan and uh, Gian Villapoto versus Ken Roxon and um, Tomac. Like Tomac kind of seems like the guy who would fall more under Dungey, whereas he's more consistent and is, is there every weekend and has like a solid training and everything like that. And then Roxon just kind of seems like the more talented of the two, and he just has like the blazing speed every now and then. And um, especially now that he's training with Alden, what do you think about that? It, um, do you think they're kind of similar in a way? What do you think, JT? Um, I think that could be have very much been said for Roxon before, but I really think that he's probably more rigid and structured in his program than he's ever been in his in his life. Um, so uh, I, I'd like to draw comparisons to it, but I just think that the whole dynamics change now with Roxon moving over to Alden's camp. I just think he's going to be – you know, whatever shortcomings were in his program, I, I think those are going to go away really soon, if not now. How would you compare Roxon and Villapoto on the, the talent scale? I mean, obviously, you know, Alden's, um, you know, a large part of um, what, Vill, what makes Villapoto as successful as he is, but is it just a product of that, or is it, I mean, obviously is talented, but what do you think about that, like, comparing the um, two? I think Roxon is... is probably more talented on a motorcycle than, than Ryan is just pure ability to ride a motorcycle. But I think that Villapoto is one of the most gifted racers that I've ever seen. Um, just his, his, uh, intelligence, his racing, uh, basically his race craft. I know we throw that term around, but he just is very good at getting to the front in a hurry and, uh, mentally, you know, he's, he's very strong mentally. I think he's stronger than rocks in his mentally. Uh, he doesn't let things bother him. He doesn't get basically psyched out by anyone. Um, so yeah, if I had to compare the two, I would say, you know, rocks may have a little bit more talent for uh, a motorcycle, but just pure racing. If you had to have a guy line up every weekend of his life for a race, I, it'd be tough to find somebody better than Villapoto unless maybe like Carmichael or somebody who, you know, or a Tim, legend guy like Tim, McGrath or Carmichael. Tim Ferry. Uh, sure. We'll go with that. All right. Thanks, Steve. Who do you think, who do you think will be higher in the points? I, I forgot. Like, I know I listened to the podcast, but um, with between Roxon and Tomac, uh, with uh, with Roxon may or may not be hurt, but who do you uh, think has um, the better overall? What do you think, JT? I, I'm a little unsure because I don't know. I, I really feel that Roxon's kind of been sitting around for a few weeks now. Um if, if both of them were 100% healthy coming into the season, I think that Roxon would end up ahead in the points. Um, but I'm a little unsure now with this deal. If if they're both healthy, I like Roxon's chances. Of just and, and I'll give you the sole reason I like it is just because I think Roxon's going to get to the front on the start. 90% of the time, he'll be in the top five. That's my prediction. Uh, I just don't think Tomac starts have ever been really what he wants or what he needs. So. That's going to be the big difference. I think really they're going to be really close in times and all this stuff. Just rocks and starts are going to help. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for calling. Cool. Thanks. Oh, the fly racing, they make much more than gear, helmets, and casual wear. I did not. You, you didn't know that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. Fly racing. I'm, produce... I'm pretty unfamiliar with the whole line. Fly racing produces a range of bike stands, loading ramps, tie downs, handlebars, grips, levers, and more. Visit flyracing.com to view their full range of hard parts and as well as their 2014 gear, which is uh, pretty sweet stuff. And uh, the Fly Racing designs its racewear to complement a rider's natural movements on the bike. No distractions, straightforward, no-nonsense function, fit, and style. NFAB, industry leader in making quality Nerf bars, pre-runners, and other off-road accessories. They design and manufacture the strongest, most durable, and best-looking bars out there. N-Fab.com, official sponsor of JGR Yamaha. All right, we're going to try to knock down these collars and give this helmet away at some point. I have a question. Yes. How are those uh, Nerf bars looking on the ridgeline? They are not available right now for Ridgelines, but I understand there's, oh. a, there's been immediate um, production uh, of, of Ridgeline parts coming very shortly. Okay, cool. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, no. Uh, let's go with um, Joel's been on hold for a while. Is it Joel? Joel, hey. what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Hey, thanks for calling. Yeah, no problem. Um, I was just wondering um, why you guys thought uh, Roxon was more talented than uh, Tomac. Um, after last season, uh, like Roxon or Tomac had uh, had four wins compared to the Roxon's three, and he won the first three races of the year, and he 
he uh, outperformed him at Daytona and uh, just at the designations and stuff. So, yeah, I was just interested about that. Um, just because I've been watching him ride for both for so long and watch him every practice, every lap they do, you know, I watched Roxon race when he was, you know, 13 years old in Germany at, you know, races over there. So I, I, it was just, you know, I don't think there's a huge difference. It just, some of the things I see Roxon do, uh, some of the scrubs I see him pull, some of this, you know, it's, it's just a, an overall picture of their ability. Um, That's it's not really so much ability. I just think what comes more naturally to them than, than anything. Lots of talk about Roxon and Tomac. People are really interested in seeing how those two guys do, you know. And, and uh, yeah, I don't think it's not, it's not like, and, Joel, I'm not saying you're saying this, but it's not like, you know, JT is saying, ah, Tomac sucks. He's very no, talented. He's all. awesome. Um, I felt like last summer, now, of course, Roxon had the crash at Millville that really hurt him, but I felt like Tomac just wore him down over, over 24 motos, you know. And I just feel like Tomac's got that strength and maybe endurance and maybe work ethic that that Roxon didn't have. Now, of course, uh, Roxon's uh, with Camp Alden Baker now, so maybe that changes. But I'm with JT. I think Roxon can figure out Supercross quicker than a lot of guys out there. Yeah, yeah. It, it just comes down to things like, I don't know if you remember, Steve, but like Roxon's first race he ever came to at Anaheim, like the first or second lap he was scrubbing upside down over the triples, you know. And that's just things that come easily. They come naturally. And that's what I really attribute to talent. Um, it, it really doesn't come down for me to who's faster, or who does better at the races. It's just who has to work harder to go fast on a motorcycle. And, and I think that Roxon, you know, I think Roxon has a little bit easier. Same as maybe a Wyndham or somebody like that. Joel, are you on the uh, Tomac bandwagon? You're thinking we're wrong or what, what's uh, why No, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Roxon actually. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I was just curious to, yeah, because to me, like, Tomac just looked so unbelievable, like, it was in Supercross and, you know, just the way he was moving around on the bike and stuff. And, and I mean, Roxon, too. But, um, yeah, because they're so close, I, I was just curious to, to see what, what the differences you guys thought were. So, yeah, those, and then the scrubs, I mean, yeah. yeah I, kinda... Scrubbing, and I think Supercross favors Roxon. He's very technical. He's um, a very good scrubber, a very good jumper. Um Whoops, Tomac has had some issues with whoops in the past. Maybe Roxon's a, a little better than Eli in the whoops. So, um, I mean, we saw Eli, the big whoops in San Diego. He was he was phenomenal in them one year, but then, you know. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Roxon's just a little better supercross rider than Eli. But we'll see. Well, if you, if you look at also two years in a row, Tomac took himself out of the championship by crashing in the whoops. So. Yeah, yeah. So, thanks, Joel. Yeah, yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, lots of calls on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Thanks for listening. We're going to be here all year. It's an hour-long show, Thursdays, looking ahead to that to that weekend's race. And uh, Tits Legendary, uh, if you missed him on the Pulp Show, he's back for these races or for these shows. So um, you still have tits in your life, JT. We'll all have tits in our life. I try to always keep that an option. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Josh, what's happening? Amen to tits in your life, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I was just giving you guys a call. I, I listened to the Falk show. I listened to, uh, you know, all your reviews and stuff and follow along pretty closely. Um, all your all your review shows that you do on Racer X I thought was pretty pretty crafty, pretty good. Thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah, we had fun doing it. JT had a lot of fun doing his. It, his it looks like it. I got a <laughs> kick out of it. I really did. But um, I, the first thing I wanted to ask is uh, – what you guys thought that the one caller that called in last week to the Pulp Show that was basically bagging on um, Barsha saying that that uh, he doesn't understand why everyone's making a deal out of that. Like, what do you think he's going to feel like in a couple weeks when he sees what Barsha's really going to be able to bring? It sounds like Barsha did something to that guy's sister or mom. He really say, he really didn't believe in Justin Barsha. The guy is a rookie, <laughs> won two races and, and uh, showed great speed, and, and he's a two-time 250 Supercross champion. Like, how could that guy – I don't know, but you know what? It takes all types in this world, but he was not, not very high on Justin Barsha's chances. Yeah, yeah. Well, I listened to the to the review, and, and uh, Ping was saying he watched last year, and he was thinking that he was going to just start stringing together wins, and I, I thought the same thing. You know, I was really surprised because I think if he wouldn't have had that, you know, he could have been, I mean, I know it's hard to be the uh, champion rookie, but, man, he was really looking good at yeah. those early rounds. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm on the bandwagon with you, Josh. 
He'll be good. Yeah, yeah he's going to be very uh, good this year. One more thing that I wanted to ask. Um, I emailed uh, Racer X to the uh, they have the, like the letter segment every now and then to get your questions asked. Yep. And one thing that I've always wondered is that, like going back to your um, your Moto Show review and the comments and everything. Like one thing I asked, and I can't remember who answered them, but they, you know, I asked why why doesn't Davey finally just make it to where if you want to comment, you got to at least log in with Fate. Like why doesn't he just take that step? and do that because I just think like I, I always post as myself I use my Facebook because I just think like if you're going to post on there why not just you know say who you are I just don't understand why he gives all these idiots this liberty to get on there and you know make these random posts that just yeah. you know well, I think for the good of motocross there's a, just, new, there's a new site coming for racerxonline.com and I think there's going to be a better uh, filter for comments I don't know if it's going to go through Facebook but there will be a better uh, filter for comments. So, so guys like Tits, who I know is is probably Pizza Corner, he, he can't he can't <laughs> post on there anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. just I think I think it's just annoying, and I I think I agreed with you 100. percent If they would at least make it to where you have to use your Facebook, a lot a lot of people would be a lot less apt to, you know, put the dumbest shit on there. You know, yeah. like right. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous what to see like some of the thoughts that people put out there. And I don't think they would do it if they if they really had to put their face to it, you know. Right. Uh, hey, Joel, you want a helmet? Yeah, sure, man. All right, man. I like those comments. That's good. I stand by those comments. I, say, I agree. With uh, Please, so you, you're the winner of the Andrew Short uh, Fly Racing F2 Carbon Replica, um, that, and so thanks to Fly Racing for that, man. You you are the winner. Stay on hold. That's awesome, man. All Thank right. you. Thanks. This is the show that you win at JT. Um, win Brent. products before you can buy them. Yeah, Brent. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's happening? Hey, I had a quick question about Tomac again. Uh, sorry, to keep guys, sorry, yeah. to keep. No, that's fine. Talking about Tomac, but uh, <clears throat> I wanted to ask. I was a little disappointed in his 450 appearances in Supercross last year. Um, I would hope this year will be a bit of an improvement. And I didn't hear you guys talk about him much on the preview shows. His dad is Molly, and I just wanted to know what y'all's. What y'all's thoughts are? Where, where, where do you think he's going to finish? Um, yeah, he, he came out of the gate. I mean, there were industry people. JT, you can back me on this, and maybe you were one of them. I don't remember. There were some people that know things in the industry saying that for sure Tomac would podium one of those 450 Supercross races that he, that he competed in last year. Oh, yeah. Like there were, yeah, I, I think I, I think I was even on board with that. <laughs> Maybe um, there were some very yeah. excited people. He he, qualif- well, at, he qualified after, second fastest uh, in Atlanta. After what was it? Uh, Bercy? After I guess he won. Uh, I can't even remember. He came out of Bercy just coming in, just really hot, and he was very vocal about wanting to be on the 450. And then yeah. it was almost a disappointment when he was in the lights class or the 250 class. Sorry, and. uh and then he came out on the 450, and it was just like, blah. Like, was it? Well, was he not happy with the Honda, or was it? JT, what was going can, on? You can answer this a little bit. I think you have some insight. Um, yeah, I don't think he was really excited about the factory 450. Um, I, I think you know all the guys had their issues with it. So uh, I know by the end of the season, he had went back to a production-based bike that was a little bit slower and handled a little bit handled a little bit better. So. Uh, I don't know. I'm, you know, all the time they've had to test and stuff. Now he's had months and months and months on it. So I, I look for those guys to basically go through the same thing they went through with the '09 models. It's just going to steadily improve, and all the all the whispering about it you'll hear go away. Yeah, he was basically on a stock bike by the end. By the time yeah, just a production yeah. Geico yeah. bike. <laughs> yeah, just because it was, he just needed to tame just, down, or I just, you know, I don't know. Like he just whatever. Uh, well. The, I mean, the bikes are totally different. You know, they're yeah, yeah. They have so many hand, one uh, one off hand built pieces on that bike. I think he just wanted something that was a little like he could ride it harder, basically, if that makes sense. Um, oh, totally. You know, they they say the slower a bike is, the harder you can ride it, and it's gonna you know the slower a bike is, the typically the better it handles as well because there's just so much less torque being put on it. Uh, so I, I think that's what he was looking for. Uh, thanks, Brent. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Gotta run these calls and we don't got too much time left. Are you ready for another Tomac and Roxon question, JT? Uh, why not? Austin, what's up, man? Austin? 
All right, Austin's gone. Uh, Mark, what's up, man? Hey, uh, I got a question for JT. Uh, I wanted to know which was more expensive, uh, your jeans or the girls in the Racer X preview show uh, video? <laughs> come on. The girls were just <laughs> friends of friends. God. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Props. They were good looking. It, they were good looking, and it was a really neat idea. Except I wish, JT, when you made it rain, you would would have stood back a little bit so we could actually see it making it rain. Well, I can't really tell how it looks on the camera, so I'm totally guessing, by the way. Yeah, good point. Next time, sit on a phone book. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Wow. (laughs) What did he say next time? What? Stand on a phone book. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) That's cute, he says. Okay, so, (laughs) hey, we got a limited time left on here. Thanks to Josh for calling in and winning the uh, Andrew Short Fly Racing F2 carbon replica. What's it look like, JT? What's it got? For the, what's the replica? What's uh, orange? It's, a lot it's of orange? purple and orange. Um, I don't. I don't. You know, it's it's really hard to describe how a helmet's designed, but I know it's uh, blue, purple, and orange. If that helps. So. Do you like it? Uh, I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it goes really well with you know, especially Andrew being on a KTM now and for the next two years. I think it's it's really cool. And each of them have three colorways, so keep that in mind. If, if you don't love it immediately when you see it, there's three different colorways that are totally, completely different. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, it needed to be updated, and we've done really, really well with them in the past. So it's exciting times for us to have right. new products. We, we didn't touch on the 250 Supercross West Series very much on this show, if at all. So we did a, we did a preview for this thing. Wygant joined us. Seely Wilson and uh, uh, Seely Wilson and Zach Osborne, we think. I mean, Dean Wilson's got to be the heavy favorite, huh? Huh, JT? I think so. Yeah. Um, he's my pick to to win it all for sure. If he doesn't win it, it's going to be a shocker, no doubt about it. He's got to be good. You know, I, I don't know. You know Dean pretty well, or at least you know people who know Dean pretty well. I hear from yep. Peyton, Mitch Peyton, his owner. That this Rhino thing, and we've certainly had our fun at Rhino and his training expenses and his training uh, his methods and some of his tweets and things like that. Rhino is intense and a little out there. I don't think you can doubt that. But Mitch Payton seems to think that this Rhino thing is really, really good for him. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'd prefer him. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But I think he's ready to go. Do you think that some of his problem last year was that he wasn't in shape? You know what? Um, you know that's what Will said, and and I d- highly doubt Will made that up. Um, but I felt like he was pretty prepared last year. But at, at the same time, there were races like Toronto, where I felt like he should have won. I think I felt like he reeled Will in, and it was his race to lose, and Will fought him off, and it looked like Dean didn't have a lot the last couple laps. So, you know, from what I saw and what Will said, you know, I can't really argue it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and but you're also you're high on Cole Seeley. Yeah, I think I think uh, Cole's going to get second points. I think uh, he's you know he's a veteran in this class. He knows what it takes. He's always been a West Coast guy. Uh, the the biggest thing with him is just can he avoid that one or two bad races where he gives away twenty twenty points a weekend? You know those are those are the ones you can't have if you want to win a championship. And, you know, he's mature enough now. I'm sure he knows that. And uh, we'll we'll see, you know, that they, you know, leopards don't change their spots. So it's kind of the same thing with James Stewart is can they be there every single Saturday and and not have that huge mistake? I think uh, one of the things that's perhaps a little underrated or not talked about as much is Mitch Payton's pro circuit bikes, while they're very, very good, they aren't an advantage anymore. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, I agree. I think that the, the the playing field is more level than it's ever been in that class. So it, it I, used you know, to I know be. we've talked yeah. about this in private, but I yeah. really, really feel that's a huge factor. It used to be. Now. They used to have an advantage. There is no doubt, especially when four strokes first came on. Like, oh, without a yeah. doubt. I mean, they're the the overwhelming feeling was you couldn't win if you weren't on that program. Yeah. You just, you know, you had to be head and shoulders better than everyone else to win if you weren't on that bike. So yeah. now, that, that's definitely not the case anymore. Everyone's branched out with their own motor programs, and it's a completely different ball game than it used to be. I think that's something that people uh, should keep in mind. I think it's never been this close uh, bike-wise. And so now if you're a pro-circuit Kawasaki rider and you're not quite on your game, then uh, you're just not going to maybe win that night. You know what I mean? Um, whereas in the past, that bike could possibly have uh, taken you to victory. All right, uh, Rich has a call about James Stewart. Rich, what's up, man? 
Hey, I just watched the uh, the live presser in Anaheim. Stewart is visibly uh, far skinnier than I've seen him in a long time. Uh, is this uh, his way of saying uh, I was out of shape a little last year and I'm I'm on my wagon shape? Um, first of all, I can't believe that Feld wouldn't move the press conference to not conflict with the Fly Racing Moto 60 show <laughs> presented by NFAB. That's ridiculous. And second of all, Rich, I guess you're not a, a regular listener of mine. I mean, I've been talking about how he's been ripped for a long time now. He's ripped. <laughs> I mean, he's ripped. There was a picture of him with his shirt off. The guy had, like, abs of steel. So I haven't seen him this year, but I I think some people did think that his, his fitness was a, was a question last year. That was mumbled about by a few people, but I've never been one of those guys. I, I agree. I was actually watching the press conference while I was on the phone with you. And uh, it's actually still going on, but I think that, uh, that I, you know, I've seen Chad, obviously, um, in Florida, and I know he's in shape. He's lost a lot of weight. He looks the part now, like I've said. But James did look very, very skinny. I, I actually was going to agree with him before we lost him that it was the first thing I noticed. His face was very, very drawn in and that, you know, very fit look that we've grown accustomed to with mm-hmm. guys like Bill Poto and Dungy. Yeah. It's rip, bro. Well, I think it's awesome. I mean, if we can get those all those guys, you know, on the on the level that Vilpoto and Dungey are fitness wise, mm-hmm. man, we're in we're in for a huge year. Yeah, I need I need to get on that program. I need to get ripped like those guys. Um, I think that you have a lot of work to do, but I'm all for it, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you get I mean, on that get on that lithical and get after it. Um, I need I need that skinny taunt face. Taunt? Yeah, taunt. Taunt. T a u t. T a u n t. No, that's no, that's if you were making fun of someone or no, that that is, that's taunting. Taunt. Yeah, taunt. taunt. You want taunt? T a u t. Taunt. I disagree. We'll have to go to the. We'll have to go to the record book. Let's go to the record. Well, I'm, I'm, I have a real stranglehold on the English language, and I, I can like, promise you that you're incorrect. I feel like I'm outnumbered here. There, there are two. There are two people here telling me I'm wrong. So it could be. <laughs> could be. Uh, a problem. I, I would. I really don't even want to tell you you're wrong. No, I want you to walk around telling people that your face. You need to get a taunt face. T a u n t. That would please me. Can you Google no, that? No, that's incorrect. Taunt is is when you're like making fun of like trying to. Yeah, take taunting, jab. taunting, taunting, taunting. Yeah. Taunt. Well, taunt is the is the form of taunting. You know, making something tight. Yes. I have to agree to disagree. We're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. I think that's from Anchorman or whatever. Um, uh, all right. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks, JT. Uh, Fly Racing Moto no 60 show presented by uh, NFAB. Uh, appreciate it. We kicked it off with a bang. A lot of calls. And I don't know if that's because Tits is back in. That's definitely what it is. Tits, someone in the chat room said that the only reason you're back is because Optrex fired you because you're not on the Pulp Show. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I, you came crawling I, back to the only yeah, show that I, you can. I needed the money. So and, you, and I said, you know what? You'll do I, any show. And what do you? Yeah, yeah, I'm actually in talks okay. with DMXS right now to be their All right. trainer. Yeah, all right. I just that's someone in the chat room said, and usually those chat rooms they're, they're right. bang on. They know what they're talking they're bang about. on. They do. So uh, I just wanted to check with that. And we gave away a Fly Racing uh, Carbon F2 F2 Carbon or Carbon F2 JT. What's the proper? It's uh, F2 Carbon. F2 Carbon Andrew yep. Short replica helmet to Joel. Uh, thanks for Josh. Uh, Josh. Thanks to to Josh for uh, calling in and winning that. We're going to be giving away. Uh, fly stuff, NFAB stuff all year, each and every Thursday, noon Pacific. Um, yeah, thanks, JT. See you, see you Saturday. No worries, guys. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. And that's it. That's a wrap on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Fly Racing designs its race wear to complement a rider's natural movements on the motorcycle. No unnecessary distractions. Straightforward. No-nonsense function, fit, and style. Fly Racing products distributed exclusively in the United States by Western Power Sports. NFAB, a special sponsor of JGR Yamaha. You got a truck? Most of you probably listen, probably do. Go to n-fab.com and get something for that truck from the guys that support the sport, guys that are in there uh, each and every week in the trenches helping out riders like Justin Brayton, Josh Grant, and Filthy Phil Nicoletti. Those people in the chat room, thank you. You guys rule. Thanks for staying in the chat room. And uh, if you're catching us on the archive, uh, thank you very much. We'll be here all week. Tits, thank you. Yep.